It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. He is Jalen Rose. I am David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? We get a people! What they Dylan Rose, there's a lot to get to today. Some juicy NBA stories, but we start with one that's been simmering under the surface for a while now, and that is the relationship between James Harden and the 76ers. Back in June, he declined an over $47 million player option. We all discussed maybe he's going to get a five-year max deal worth $250 million. Well, the latest reporting is that he's going to sign a semi-team-friendly two-year deal, maybe even take a little haircut from the max. Jalen, what does this tell you about his relationship with the Sixers and what do you expect from him with the Sixers this season? Well, a couple of things, David Jacoby, and what I want young people to know, in particular athletes or young professionals, a lot of times what you do during the game is only part of how you're going to be viewed as a professional and affect overall how much you actually get paid. And here's hmm. what I mean. This offseason, when you talk Nets, it's like, is Kyrie going to be invested? That's the public question, right? So if you're Kyrie, you're going to be at WNBA games. You're going to be at Summer League games. You're going to keep your face out there, keep your name out there, try to keep your value high. If you're Russell Westbrook, the exact same thing. Are the Lakers trying to move me? Yeah, but I'm still getting $40 million plus million this year. So I'm going to be at the Summer League games, whether me and LeBron talking or not, because I'm a professional and I'm trying to get top dollar from this team. James Harden, the exact same thing. The last two off-seasons, when it was July, you didn't see footage of James Harden in the gym. You saw no. footage of James Harden champagning and campaigning. And so now all of a sudden, you go to the Nets, that flames out. You go to the Sixers, y'all get bounced in the playoffs. And you're like, wait a minute. I ain't get a big deal this off-season. But Bradley Bill did. But Dame Lillard did. And it's like, oh, okay, got it. I got to reinvest myself because Embiid has done the exact same thing. You remember when Kawhi Leonard made that jump shot that really sunk, to be honest with you, the process? Joel Embiid was going to the locker room. You saw those tears in his eyes, right? When the game hurts you, Jacoby, it humbles you. And you will see Luka in the gym. You'll see now James Harden, for example, footage with Sam Cassell in the gym. Footage of him getting workouts in because he knows he has to reinvest himself in order to get top dollar. So one of the things that really affected their playoff run last year was that fracture on Joel Embiid's face. I really think that that Heat series would have turned different. But when you look at the Sixers and you look at their rosters, look at their rotation players, they've got a very formidable team. I think sometimes they get overlooked just how deep they are. They've added Milton, Melton. They've got that thing going on there. So when you look at this roster right here, where do you see them in the pecking order in the Eastern Conference? So here's the thing, Jacoby, what James Harden am I going to get? You know how much I love Tyreek's Maxey. Uh, De'Anthony Milton is going to play quality minutes in the backcourt for them. Thibel is a lockdown defender. And obviously Tobias Harris is going to flirt with being a 20-point scorer. And Joel Embiid was basically a 30-point scorer and an MVP candidate last year. 
So what's missing, Jacoby? You asked about the pecking order in the East. All NBA James Harden. Mm. All star James Harden ain't going to be enough. And so you can look at the stats. It's 20, 10, and 8. But that ain't going to be enough. It has to be the impact. It has to be his percentages are high. His effectiveness, his, his pace, his motor has to be there. And so that's what I see from him. A reinvestment in being a professional for the Sixers. Because when you see him with Michael Rubin and they in the suburbs of New York City and they champagning and campaigning at a white party, don't party think good. they ain't talking about the team. Don't <laughs> think they ain't talking about his contract. And so basically they're saying if you invest and we win, we'll take care of you. So you always want to see players get the max years and the max money. But it's interesting in this one for him to sign a two-year deal. It does seem like a little bit of a bet-on-yourself thing. And you mentioned the Sixers, his relationship with the Sixers. Do you expect him to, to play this out and then get another deal with Philadelphia? Let, let me tell you guys what aging gracefully is about. Dame Lillard was injured all last season. But oh, since he didn't bounce around the last couple of years, he has stability in Portland. So now all of a sudden, he could get a two-year $120 million deal. Two years, $120 million. If you're James Harden, that's the kind of deal you hope to be getting this offseason, Jacoby, if it wasn't going to be a four-year deal. So since that's not happening, as a player, you now have to self-check yourself, get back in the gym, get back in shape, and see if you can be that one-two punch with Joel Embiid that everybody hoped you would be when they acquired you from the Nets. Well, we expect the Harden deal to get done soon. There's also another deal that's been bubbling under the surface this whole free agency period, and that is the DeAndre Ayton deal. The latest reporting is that the Pacers have interest in DeAndre Ayton. They could, they're very close to making an offer. Now, this gets interesting because obviously they have Miles Turner, who's been in trade rumors for about four years now. So if they do make an offer to Ayton, do you think he signs it? Do you think the Suns match it? And do you think this means that Turner will finally be out of Indiana? So a couple of things, Jacoby. If I'm Indiana, I'm trying to do everything I can to acquire Aiton outright. And mm. if I'm Aiton, I'm trying to do everything I can to leave outright without a sign and trade, even though I'm restricted, because they didn't take care of me. They promised to take care of me when we went to the finals. They said, hey, young fella, shoot less jump shots, stay in the paint be a physical presence. All you got to do is be our anchor and we're going to take care of you. And the second most disappointing team in this year's playoffs behind the Nets were the Phoenix Suns. So imagine if they're going to lose DeAndre Ayton outright without getting any compensation in return. If I'm Ayton, that's what I'm hoping to, to have happen. And if I'm the Pacers, that's what I'm hoping to have happen. Don't worry about him playing with Miles Turner. Figure that out later. Get them both on your roster. Miles Turner still going to have the same value. He's going to be an asset for another team because he's a physical presence that can block shot plus make threes. But if you're the Pacers, you got Halliburton, you got Chris Duarte, you got some young players that you know that you can build around. I'm trying mm -hmm. to do what I can to acquire Aiton outright. And basically, if I'm Aiton, I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure the Suns get zero compensation in return. Two things that are worth mentioning. Number one, the way that Game 7 went for the Suns was just so bad. It was so baffling, that performance. And let's not forget what happened with DeAndre Ayton. He was like effectively benched, and Monty Williams didn't really discuss it after the game. Another thing is, is low-key JaVale McGee is no longer on the Suns. So if they lose Ayton outright, 
They kind of have Bismack Biombo and not much in the front court, which is where they were two years ago when they lost in the finals to Giannis. I just saw JaVale McGee yesterday. And let oh. me tell you something. The one thing about what Dallas did this offseason is they got taller and longer. And they got physicality from, uh, they got a lob threat in JaVale McGee, and they got a three-point shooter in Christian Wood. They got taller and more athletic up front. If you're the Phoenix Suns, what are they doing? What we'll are, see. And, 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 and I got to tell you a secret. And you know, like, uh, like, you know how much I love Chris Paul. That's my guy. Been a JRLA supporter since day one. A terrific leader, future Hall of Famer. He was terrible in the playoffs. And the thing I like about what his offseason has been like, say less. Mm -hmm. see, see, when you play the way he played in the playoffs, and you have more fouls than points, and Jalen Brunson posting you up to go get a max deal in New York, say less. So if the Phoenix Suns lose DeAndre Ayton, after already losing JaVale McGee, they're not going to be better. They're mm -hmm. not going to be better. So it's head scratching to me the entire time why they didn't go ahead and take care of DeAndre because you still could have traded him and used him as an asset. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out as a restricted agent. We will see how that plays out. We all have our eyes in Vegas on Summer League, but there's been an interesting development. Paolo Bancaro, the number one pick in the draft. He played great in one game, played great in the second game. Well, news came out yesterday that he's been shut down. We've seen enough of Paolo Bencaro, the, the Magic are saying. We need to give some younger guys a chance to prove themselves. What do you think about after two games shutting down the number one pick in Summer League? Uh -oh. This is what I think. Jalen's upset. Jalen's upset. We're load managing Summer League with a rookie. Correct. Correct. <laughs> come on, man. Like, come on, dog. Like, like, these games used to be five days in a row. And all of the best players would play in the games. These are rookies. By the way, why do you play basketball? I hope one of the reasons is because it's fun to you. The mm. other thing, because you're good at it and you want to constantly improve. I'm not blaming the player in this instance, but as a player, I would tell the team, I want to be out there and produce. Like, I'm a number one pick. I need the experience. Like, this is just, like, like for my Pistons, I'm going to go watch them play today. It's unfortunate that Jaden Ivey got injured, right? He came down on a, a defender's foot, and he hurt his ankle, and you want to be cautious there. I understand that. But Ben Carroll was just doing 360 dunks and blocking shots at the rim the previous game. Like, sitting him out doesn't make him a better player when he gets to Orlando. So, again, I don't like it at all. You know I hate low management. But this is why they're coming with the in-season play-in tournament. When you look at the bottom of the ticker and they say the play-in tournament is going to be permanent, this is why. This is why. Because you got to get people to invest. Well, I wanted to see the matchup between Bancaro and Chet Holmgren. Didn't get a chance to see that. But Chet, again, impressive. 7% from the field at 10 rebounds, 2 blocks. Played only 27 minutes. What do you think about what you've seen so far from Chet Holmgren, the number two pick? I got a term for you that was used for another player who is a 20-point scorer, but it actually applies for Chet. He's an actual unicorn. Okay. <laughs> an actual unicorn. <laughs> and, and, and the reason that I'm going to, like, separate him from Porzingis in this case is elite shot blocker. Mm -hmm. like, like, when you got somebody that's going to change shots, contest shots, and block as many shots as he does, if he has two blocks, he's going to change 10. And then if he grabs 10 rebounds, you, 
that's 20 different possessions that he had a real effect on. Like, that's major. Plus, he got handled, can shoot the three, and is a lob threat. And by the way, I love the chemistry that him and Giddy are getting. Giddy looks you know what I'm good. Saying? Yeah, I love, I love the pace that he plays with at the point. I love how he tries to feed Chet on the inside. Like, they're growing something special. When they add them with SGA, that, that, that's going to be something special in OKC See, I, for years to come. I understand why people compare him to Porzingis. They both are very skinny coming into the draft. They both are seven feet tall, can shoot threes. But Chet's game is just so much more developed. Like, he's got handle. He'll bring it up in transition. You don't see Chris Porzingis getting a rebound and then just leading the break and going behind the back around people. I love Chet Holmgren, especially what I've seen from him in Las Vegas. And I love that he's still playing, unlike Paolo Bancaro. Jalen. One of our favorite players in the National Basketball Association, the stretch mark five, Nikola Jokic, is in his home country of Serbia, and he is partying. Jalen, look at my guy with his shirt off dancing around. What do you think about the stretch mark five in his homeland getting down? Back-to-back -back MVP. He deserves it. I love the way he's transformed his body, which transformed his game. And when you start talking about players that Ooh. we win because we got him, that's what the Nuggets have. The Nuggets have a him, just like the Mavs do, just like Memphis does. Young stars that they can look for in the future to lead them. But I, but I have to say this. Uh-oh. The stretch mark five, you got to give him some dance lessons. You don't like this one? Look, he nah. goes up on one foot right here. Look at that one foot, dog. <laughs> He's on one foot. You know? That's my guy. But we got to get him some help on the court with getting Murray and, uh, and Michael Porter back. We got to get him some, some dance lessons. But I love like that move. atmosphere, partying over the it's fire. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah, I love I like that it. atmosphere. I want to yeah, go there. I like this little move here. Let's go there. there. <laughs> this is where he goes up on one foot. It's my favorite part. All the one foot, give it to him, yo. Give it to him. Jalen, Caesars Sportsbook has put out the odds for next year's NBA championship and the team that they have favored to win it all might be surprising or not because we're showing them right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Live from the Seaport, brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Anthony Rose. It feels like the finals just ended. The confetti just fell on the Golden State Warriors, and they beat the Boston Celtics. However, we already have from Caesars the odds of the favorites next season, and apparently the addition of Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari have swung the odds in the favor of who, Mr. Rose? The Boston Celtics start at plus 575, the Warriors at plus 600 to win the championship. Are you shocked by this? Because I'm surprised. I'm definitely surprised by this. Boston was a surging team last year that outplayed expectations, in particular after January 1st. Marcus Smart became Defensive Player of the Year. We saw the emergence of Jason Tatum into an elite player overall. 
and Jalen Brown ascending to an all-NBA caliber performer. And so they have the pieces. Al Horford ending the season still played well to be an aging veteran. They have a lot of great parts, and I love their coach, Emil Doka. I think he was the main difference. I think the difference between the Celtics season this year and the Nets season this year is that the Nets hired Steve Nash and the Celtics hired Emil Doka. That was the difference. Interesting. So I, 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 I am not surprised that the Celtics would be a betting favorite. They're a popular team, a popular brand. They have as many championships as the Lakers. But I don't necessarily see them as my favorite. My favorite has to be the Golden State Warriors for the reasons that you know. And they mm -hmm. just beat the Boston Celtics and their young players are going to emerge like Wiseman and Kaminga who didn't contribute this, this final really. And then you continue to double down on Jordan Poole if you give him a deal. So I'm not mad at this again, but don't be surprised if another team wins the East next year because it's been a revolving door. And let's not underestimate the fact the Celtics beat the Bucks without Chris Middleton. So, in seven, in, right. in seven, and yes. it, it took a lot of threes from Grant to get it done. Like, yes. that was the one, when I looked at this list, a lot of things came to mind. Number one, the Bucks are way too low. Number two, the Mavs and the Heat aren't even in the top five, which I found interesting because they both went to their respective conference finals last year. But something tells me that these, these odds are going to change because if DeAndre Ayton leaves Phoenix and leaves that front court wide open, I don't think they'll have the third best odds to win it all. We'll get back to that, but right now we have to get back to another story that happened over the summer in the NBA, and that is John Wall joining the Clippers, another team that should probably be on this list. And Wall spoke about his new teammates and surroundings. I don't have to be Batman every night for us to win. I mean, that's the ultimate goal for me is like, this point in my career, I don't want to have to be the Batman every night to try to win. You know what I mean? On our team that we have, I think anybody can be Batman. For me, I'm happy because I don't have to have the best player guarding me every night like I have my whole career. I got you telling me the third best defender gonna have to guard me. Good luck. So everybody wants to talk about the Batman part, but I want to ask you about the second part that I found really interesting. He's like, I've always had the best player guarding me every night. Now I'm gonna have the third best player guarding me. Take me sort of like inside the mind of a player who goes from the first option that the defense focuses on to second or third. Well, for John, it'd just be to get back out on the court and show that he can be an all-star level performer. And I'll give you a distinction. When you get bought out, you're not a Batman anymore. When you get bought out, you ain't a Batman anymore. And so now you have to reinvent yourself. And Ty Lue, excellent coach. I, I believe, like, for me, shout to Pop. Obviously, he's the legend. Spolstra. Spo and Ty Lue and, and, and Monty Williams. Like, those, those three for me. But I'll just say this. When you have the third best player guarding you on the perimeter, that is a factor. So say, for example, they go in against the Golden State Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Wiggins is going to guard somebody. Clay's going to guard somebody. And then for John Wall, maybe Steph, maybe Poole are guarding me. That gives me a chance to get off. But the other thing about the Clippers situation that he's going to, it ain't necessarily a foregone conclusion that he's going to start or They're finish deep. the game. They're deep. Yeah, because they're really deep. They have a terrific roster. Like I've mentioned to you, this is the best team on paper that the Clippers have had in the history of their franchise. Yeah, I mean, they've got Jackson, obviously, and Mann, and they've got, you know, Morris, and now Zubac is back. Like, they've got two of everything. they got the Noah's Ark roster. They've kind of got the, <laughs> that Noah's Ark roster where they've got two of everything. Jalen, some interesting news in the fight game. 
Jake Paul always makes headlines. He spoke with our former colleague, Ariel Helwani. Shout to him. And he said he wants to fight Conor McGregor. He said that they would make 75 to 100 million, not together, each in this kind of a mega fight. Of course, McGregor said, you're a flop kid, a nobody. But I started thinking, doesn't this seem like the right point in both of their careers to make this sort of a spectacle fight happen? Absolutely, because Conor McGregor had his immense dominance at one point in his sport, and then he had a sharp decline with his behavior um, out of the octagon as well as getting beat inside of it. For Jake Paul, he's never truly fought a boxer, but he is now um, performing as one. And so for Conor McGregor, standing the entire time, if he's not kicking, that does give Jake Paul an opportunity to feel like he's confident enough to go toe-to-toe with Conor McGregor. But this is all about the money. It's you all about it, the money. And I know it. I'm buying this thing. If Conor McGregor thing. can get enough bread to do this, he'll <laughs> do it. I'm buying this thing. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely buying this thing if it happens. Must I'm definitely, whatever it is, $100, $85, just take my money. money. So just send me the Venmo request now for whenever this fight eventually happens. I just want Jake Paul to keep this same energy against somebody who has a boxing background. Mm-hmm. We have not seen that quite yet. He's been in the cage against celebrities, against basketball players, and against... MMA fighters, but not boxers. Jalen, when we come back, we might debut a new segment that I don't even think you know about. You don't <laughs> want to miss that. Stay tuned. You're watching Jalen and Jacob. Summer League continues tonight. Look at that game at 9 p.m. on ESPN, a rematch of the NBA Finals. Eh, the uniforms will be the same. Players will be a little different. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Every single day on this program, we recognize another day that Brittany Griner suffers injustice. 145 days she's been wrongfully detained in Russia. We here at Jalen and Jacoby wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. So in the summer, one thing that's consistent in the sports calendar is that as we get ready for the NFL and NBA season, we hear a lot of players that are in the best shape of their life. So we're keeping a running count this season. And now we have Dak Prescott, who's been added to the list, that also includes Anthony Davis and your guy, Sadiq Bey. So, Jalen, we're going to keep an eye on who's in the best shape of their life. I'm disappointed in this show. Here's what? why. Where's Luca? Where's oh, he Luca? Said, Look, no, put the graphic back up. Put the graphic back up. Where's we Luca? Got, we got to watch for Luca. Luca Luca's already on, Luca's put a video up. Mac Luca Jones already, is on watch. No, Luca already put out a video of him pushing the sled. No, he pushed the sled for like 20 yards. That is not the best shape of your life. That was a 10-second workout. We'll be back tomorrow. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast-exclusive content for our podcast audience. If you missed the Killer Mike episode from yesterday, make sure you check that one out. It's a great interview with a great man. Jalen. What up, though? I got ball sacked yesterday. <laughs> I got ball sacked. I saw. I heard. I was, I was hosting this just in. Shout to Max. He's on the IR. So I'll be Get hosting well this soon, just in. Max. Monday, Tuesday, Max. Wednesday. It's and I'm doing guy. this show. And they have a topic at the very end of the show. Me and Perk, we're going to talk about this quote from John Morant that he shared with Taylor Rooks. And it was a very long quote. 
And before I said it, I said, I can't believe I'm reading this because he said that Michael Jordan would be just another superstar in today's NBA. And I literally said before I read it, I was like, I can't believe I'm reading this. But you know, Ja's a confident man. He did say he would cook Michael Jordan. So after the show wraps, I get a tweet. Then I get a DM from Taylor Rooks. And turns out that quote that was provided to me that I read on national television live never was said by John Morant. Never happened. There's a a parody uh, account called Ball Sack Sports that puts out stuff like this. Now, a, a less mature man would blame the producers. You know what I mean? Oh, wait. I'm definitely going to blame the producers. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't my fault. (laughs) Oh, no. Someone had to build the, 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 the full screen. Someone had to find the quote. I ain't here sourcing every story that they put in the rundown. So I got sacked. I got ball sacked, Jalen. How does it feel being associated so closely with someone who got ball sacked? Well, it's one thing for it to happen on social media because it's happened to me multiple times on social media. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes it to another level when it makes linear. Like you said, because like it is a full screen, it's a quote up there. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And also, the interview was done online. Shout to Taylor, friend of the show, and yep. John Moran. Both have been on the show. Got love for both of them. Would love to have them back on the show. But the one thing I will say is when her interview is on social and then you bring the incorrect ball sack quote to linear, it now shows it in a different form. So it highlights it. It makes Mm -hmm. it kind of look worse. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Like people mispronounce words. People misquote. It it happens. You owned it. You know, she's family, so it's all love. But yeah, they got you. They Another thing you. I'm not going to do, though, what I'm not going to do is go on Twitter and be like, hey, the producers picked this. It's not my fault. You know what I mean? Because that's the part of it. Like, you know, when you're on television, people recognize you. People buy you drinks. Those are the, you get paid. Those are the nice things. And you're also sort of like the, the face of the organization. You're the face of the, the production staff. And I want to flip this into a, a Twitter conversation because I, I looked at, I did this show two hours live on ESPN. You know what I mean? I thought I did a good job. And I was like, let me just see Twitter, see what the Twitter reaction is, right? Crickets. It was my man, Anthony Gilbert, saying that my hairline looks crispy. And I wrote him back and I said, your, your hairline, it always looks crispier when you're not sharing a split screen with Jalen Rose. <laughs> That's what I wrote him. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and, I, and um, I, was talk, I was talking to one of the producers and I said to her, and I said, you know, it's interesting, like, Twitter will be very active when you mess up. You know what I mean? They're not too quick to compliment you. And this is before it even happened. Like before anyone even noticed, before anyone tweeted me, I was like, they're, like, they're not too quick to compliment you, but man, they pounce in a horde once you make a mistake. And then sure enough, an hour, like two hours later, I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, I got a lot of messages. Let me start reading some of these. Whoops, ball sacked. So, so a couple of things, and you know we give the people what they want. And so now we had, we just talked about that for five minutes. So let me flip the page. Let me flip the page for a second. Because 
You said that you weren't going to throw the producers under the bus. You actually oh, just did. Oh, I did. No, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I said a mature <laughs> person would. I'm definitely okay, doing that. So, I'm going to so, do it publicly on Twitter. I'll do it on the pod with the family. So, but, but here's what I learned in this game. And I think it should have got reinforced for you. One time when we had, uh, uh, um, who do we have on the show? Uh, Oh my God! Oh man, a lot of people. You gotta get me a hint or something, dog. The boxer, boxer, Jay Prince. Oh, Shakur. Right, we have my guy Shakur Stevenson on the show, and I know what was on the paper wasn't accurate. Right. Uh, Yeah. Same thing happened. The paper, the paper in front of me that were given to me as questions for him said that he hadn't gotten hit in a fight in like five fights. Yeah, like hit. Yeah, that <laughs> he had that, that no that no one has landed a punch against him <laughs> in like five <laughs> fights. And so as a fan of his, and I've been to a couple of his fights, like I know that ain't true, right? So here's the lesson I want to have you take away from yesterday. There's gonna always be that personal accountability for what you just said is the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. So for me, I should have took the time to actually read and research the questions and of course you want to trust your producers you want to trust your teammates but it doesn't hurt for you to actually google and see if ja actually said that absolutely and if you know what i mean also it's also like if something sounds unbelievable it's probably unbelievable like you have your own filter you said it like it's that's one of the things like it's it, this is you know this is one of the lessons I've said this on the pod a million times like I used to play rec league basketball and I remember after a loss I would blame all my teammates for not passing or for this or that or not defending or rebounding but then I learned one day I remember exactly where I was Trevor Day High School walking up the stairs I said to myself why am I so critical of everyone else before I look in the mirror first you know what I mean like like there, there's definitely some things that I could have done that could have could have kept that from happening and when I read the quote and I'm like this is wild I've been seeing this story all day and it's all about him cooking Michael Jordan, but no one pulled this particular quote that my spidey sense is tingled and I didn't take action. That's what's on me. That is my fault, but it's all the producer's fault. <laughs> but also you got to prep. You got to prepare. As you know, yeah, 23 man. years in the game, e- even though you do a J and J, you got to, it's, it, it, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's tough to do like two different shows that have vastly different content. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You dress different, you speak different, you know, the overtone is different. But you gotta you got you gotta source that family before they have you out there looking crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm double checking everything today on that rundown. Everything, everything's getting double checked today on the rundown. Yep. Well, but that's a good look for you. Shout to Max, get well soon. Yeah, shout you look to good Max. up there with your blazer on. Keep doing your thing, dog. Man, don't I'm stop. running out of outfits, man. I don't have too many fancy outfits. All you need is like four blazers. Rinse and repeat. Um, what do you think about Richard Jefferson ref in the second quarter of the game? So I got some jokes for that, but I want to save it for when he's around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I decided. <laughs> I don't even know what the jokes are. I just love the philosophy. Yeah. Like, I got something for that, but like, he got to be he got to be in the conversation yeah. for me to get these bars off. Because yeah. I love RJ. But, but here, here, here's what I'll say that isn't a joke. People looking to work in the multimedia, right? There was a time when athletes who worked in sports 
were only trusted to talk about the sport that they played. So I appreciate being a part of that breakthrough as John Sally was the initiator with Best Damn Sports Show and Rob Dibble and Rodney Pete. And then I kind of came after that. And I, I bring that up because the, the, the landscape of the game for, for a former athlete is constantly being able to reinvent yourself. And I appreciate how RJ does hosting for NBA Today. I appreciate how he's officiating games, he's calling games while he's still doing his analyst work. That's what you gotta do in this game. You gotta continue to put notches in your belt. It ain't enough to just be former player or be person that didn't play to just sit in front of the camera and get some stats about what you saw because anybody could do that. Mm -hmm. So that's what I talked to him about, to be honest with you. So for me, it was happy for me to see him carrying out what we discussed. Now, as it relates to jokes, I got a few of them. I got the chamber full, you know what I mean? But I'm not gonna release because Good, that's my guy to. until he's around because I don't want him to hear my jokes third party and think I was throwing shade. These what are definitely things I would say when he's present. One of my favorite things about him is his sense of humor and uh, his self-awareness. And some tells me that, that he's not the one to take things personal like that. So I look forward to I hope I'm in that conversation as well. You might see him today, as a matter of fact. Jalen, <clears throat> do you know who R2-D2 is? Absolutely. R2-D2 from Star Wars. Oh, oh. so for those that don't listen to the pod every day, Jalen has never seen Star Wars. What does R2-D2 look like? Uh, a computer, like a machine. Oh, like a, like a he, he looked like the future. He looked like what the, the Jetsons. Future. He looked like the Jetsons to me. You know when cars were flying and we thought in two thousand. But they have a robot made. The, the Jetsons have a robot made that's Correct. on wheels. So R two D two is kind of giving some of those vibes. Correct. Someone tried to steal R two D two from Disney World. Got caught. If you saw someone walking down the street with R two D two, would you even know what it is? I would definitely know what it is. If you've ever been to Detroit. Our iconic building is the Renaissance Center and the gray and how the windows are, windows are rounded and how elegant that building looks. That was supposed to be Detroit's entire waterfront. A lot of people don't realize that. And so R2-D2 reminds me of that. If you've ever mm. seen the Renaissance Center, his, the, the elegance of like the, the glass that he has and the squares of how, how they're positioned and they're rounded always reminded me of the Renaissance Center in Detroit. I'm gonna look it up. I'm yeah, look it that up right up. now. I'm compare, look it up right now. Compare, I, thought that it, I almost thought that that was like a knockoff. Oh, I was like, that, like that rounded building? Yeah, and then like the gray and like the, the, the texture of it. That's, huh. that's, that's basically how R2-D2 looks. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of R2-D2. I'll be heading out to Detroit later on in August. Why is that, Mr. Rose? Jalen Rose Leadership Academy is having, I believe, our 12th annual celebrity golf outing in Gala. I'm really excited about what we've accomplished so far, what we continue to accomplish. I appreciate your support. Go to jrladetroit.com for more. And one of the things, I have two promises that I need to step my game up. Okay. One, I just want to play basketball more often. I love that. Whether that's that. once or twice a week, I'm going to be playing basketball more often. That's one. Love that. 
You're two, really good at basketball. Two, thank you. I got to promote JRLA more. Um, I need to do a better job of being um, the, the number one cheerleader, the number one spokesman, the number one model, the number one bodyguard. Um, for all things JRLA. So those are like two of the missions I have going into this offseason. Well, if you don't toot your own horn. No music gets played. But here's the thing. We need to fundraise. That That's why. And the, the, the ultimate thing about having a public charter tuition-free open enrollment school is I definitely am extremely grateful for all of our corporate partners, my co-founder, Michael Carter, it doesn't happen without him and his wife, Pam, individual high donors like Greg Bowl, um, so many different foundations that have contributed to what we've done, brands like Jeep and Puma and Davis Elkin Foundation, Stephen Ross, Platinum Equity, The Pistons. The beautiful thing is that got us to this point after 10 or so school years. The next level is we need to raise $12 million. And so I need to do a better job of being first and foremost at making sure that that happens for our scholars. Because Jew Buckets, our best basketball player this year, I remember sitting at one of his games and thinking, I'm disappointed he never got a chance to play a home game. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm disappointed he never got a chance to play a home basketball game. We just don't if have the If the school facility. says Jalen Rose on the outside on the sign, there should be a hoop inside. Correct. Correct. And not an elementary school, not a middle school gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I'm, again, grateful for all of the time, energy, and money that people have um, used to support JRLA. But now it's time to go to the next level. And I'm going to be the number one cheerleader to try to help make that happen. Well, good. And if you're interested, go to jrladetroit.com. Jalen, so we didn't put this in the show, but I'm sure you've seen the video because I don't want to talk about who's the GOAT, LeBron or Michael Jordan, right? Because We already know that. the answer. Yeah, it, it's tired, right? However, Ray Allen, talking to a kid about who's the GOAT, here's what he said when he was asked about if LeBron is the GOAT. He said, quote, is he a great free throw shooter? Is he a great three-point shooter? Is he a great dribbler? I just found that to be a really odd response to the question. And I did also help but notice that those are three things that Ray Allen is really good at. You know, you know what I mean? So, so, so it's just such an odd way to answer the question. How do you feel about these three criteria that he puts up about who's the GOAT? I'm going to take y'all really deep into the box score. The first thing I thought about when I saw that clip is that he's back getting along with KG, Paul Pierce, and Rondo. That's the first thing I thought. They have to be on the court in one way, shape, or form or getting closer to it versus what their relationship has been in the past. It was extremely frosty when he left Boston to go to Miami. Mm -hmm. The second thing, let's talk ego. Ray Allen is a Hall of Famer. I played against him in Seattle. I played against him in Milwaukee, and he's one of the greatest shooters to ever play basketball. From the outside looking in, people think he rolled LeBron James' coattail in Miami. 
in his mind, I made the biggest shot in that series. I'm that dude. That's what he says when he's in the car with his kids. Y'all need to You see meet. what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he says, hey, you see how they were going under screens on LeBron? They were daring him to shoot then. He couldn't make free throws. As a matter of fact, look at this clip when Kawhi Leonard's checking in. LeBron's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, like, I remember that clip. Right. And so Ray Allen played with that version of LeBron. That's the version that he played with. And so to him, the metrics that he gave are just like what's... And by the way, LeBron ain't going to like seeing that clip. Mm-mm. LeBron, well, if, if he was responding to Ray Allen's text, he just stopped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's on that Russell Westbrook list. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal's winning a great right. time. He can't hit <laughs> right. a free throw. Exactly. 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 What, it really, scoring and winning? What, well, what that does is just tell you what Ray really thinks about LeBron. Like, while he's so great, he got major flaws. That's what Ray's saying out loud, really. And mm -hmm. when you have this Jordan and LeBron debate, here's what I want to remind everybody, as somebody who's played against both of them, Michael Jordan was the best player on both ends of the floor, number one. People forget he won Defensive Player of the Year before. People forget he led the league in steals before. People underestimate the fact that he's been all NBA defense for so many years. That's the one thing. The other thing, let's go to a different extreme. When you're dominant in the league, you get buckets. Bucket getters win scoring titles. How many scoring titles does MJ have, and how many scoring titles does LeBron James have? Like well, we, I'm gonna give, we've done this. Yeah, I'm about to give y'all stuff that have nothing to do with just like 06 championships. I'm about like we've and done this whole exercise. The whole I, man, we did a great job with it. Good for us, Jalen. Yes, that was a great segment that we did. Yes, with the goat, with the goat, the goat. How many scoring titles? When you talk about dominance and getting buckets and taking people hard out of their chest. That's scoring. More, more than anyone in the history of the NBA. He has 10 scoring titles. <laughs> he okay. just laughs. I didn't even realize he had that many. That's crazy. Yeah, and how many years did he play? 13? Let's talk more. about this. I saw Spinderella yesterday. Let's talk about sex for a second. How many whoa, years whoa. did he play? <laughs> how many years did he play? Give me a second. Do you know how many LeBron James has? How many? One. See? That, that's what I'm saying. Jordan has 10 scoring titles. How many times um, has Jordan made all NBA? Defense, first team. How many years? He's played 15 seasons. Right. So in 10 of the 15 years, including the Wizards, when he was 99 we, years yeah, old, Wizards, and I was outscoring him. Yeah. <laughs> he played three years. In, he played two or three years in college. He took two years off during the league, and then he played two or three years with the Wizards. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, and if you want to talk sheer dominance, here's when you snatching up the money off the floor when you're in a dice game. Three peats. That's real dominance. Mm -hmm. LeBron James had a chance to be the GOAT. Let me tell you when he lost it. When they didn't win five, not six, not seven. That Miami Heat team didn't, didn't stick the landing. They won two chips in four years, but they ain't stick the landing. 
He no. stuck the landing when he went back to Cleveland because we all know why he needed to win that championship to validate joining a big three and not being able to get it done as the lead dog in Cleveland. So he went to Miami to join Wade, Bosch, Pat Riley. And also, when you look at the history of the game, I want to teach y'all something. It's very few all-time great players that didn't win championships with Pat Riley, Coach Pop, Phil Jackson. Very few. From this era, for sure. Very few. Like a guy like Shaq got a chance to be coached by both of them. Riley and Jackson. You see what I mean? There's a vastly different record with Kobe and Shaq with Phil and or Pat than without. So there's Agreed. something to be said to go to a great team, a great organization, but also have a great coach. So while we talk about the players and rightfully so, it's a player-driven league, you still need somebody with the brains of a Steve Kerr holding that clipboard that's going to look at the team and say, I'm not playing Kaminga. Because if they would have lost, the first thing everybody would have said is why he didn't play Kaminga. Mm-hmm. First thing. Well, Mr. Rose, we always say we give the people what they want. We want to hear from the people. What number yeah, two we people do people call right now? 985 80 Jalen, leave us a voicemail. We're doing all voicemails on Friday, but today we've got one for you. Let's hear it. Yo, Jalen and Jacoby, what's going on? It's your boy T from Vegas, originally from the now I know though. Shout out Jared Cole. Shout out Dennis Smith Jr. Shout out Eric Vayner. Shout out Terrell McIntyre. Shout out Ray. Shout out Jalen. Oh yeah, so I got a cultural or regional. Sharing entrees on a double date. Now, I look like Jalen. I'm assuming that's something that's of the uh, activities of someone that looks like Jacoby. Also, what is your most embarrassing story meeting somebody that you looked up to? I'll share mine real quick. I grew up playing basketball from the Hoop State. Uh, one of my favorite girls was Mark Jackson. I actually played for the Knicks. Uh, uh, we're the same number. I actually ended up meeting him at Summer League like in 2012. And I stepped on his shoe. Very embarrassing. He still find it, but the look in his face was priceless. So get back at me. Keep getting them checks. Thank you for the call. Appreciate the love and the continued support. Big shout to T. T's definitely high. You can tell. You can tell <laughs> by the way he's talking. Medicinal. De definitely medicinal. There's some medicinal we love going it, on and there. And we love it. Support you. Support you. So cultural regional sharing entrees on a double date i will share an entree with my wife but we ain't ordering as a team unless it's like chinese or indian or some sort of family sharing situation well that still falls in line with what he said though so there's certain well there's certain type of foods like italian food or indian food or chinese food where it's not necessarily like you order one thing there's it's like a sharing experience I say, I say I'll have to call this regional because it's based on where you're eating and the style of food, as you just mentioned. 
I don't see anything wrong with a table of four all sharing, you know, potluck style. No. Because that's how I like to order anyway. Like, if I go to a restaurant, it could be two of us. You might as well give us another table. I'm going to order so much yeah. food. You might as well give us a table for four. Me and my wife called Whitney and Bobbying because Whitney and Bobby used to go to the restaurant and just order the entire menu and be at a big, huge table just to taste everything. Yeah. So sometimes when we're at breakfast, we'll be like, do you want a Whitney Bobby? Get some pancakes, too. Love that. So we love the Whitney Bobby sometimes. Me too. And I will also say say this. It's probably probably regional, but I remember Bobito the Barber, one of my favorite people on the planet. Me and he hosted a show that I did. And we were traveling around, you know, traveling together. You know, you eat every meal together when you're traveling together on a show. He would do this every single time. He would look at my food and then ask me if I wanted some of his food. But what he was (laughs) really doing was asking for some of my food. It's a trick that I've employed, but it's a classic Bobito move. Big shout to him. Yep. And by the way, that's also an insecure move that people do. That they feel like... They have on a great outfit, and so they compliment you. You. Really, yeah, so yeah. you'll compliment them. You people know what I'm saying? questions all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> people ask, so like, hey, have you, ever, have you ever owned a parrot? And it was like, nah. It's like, they really want to tell you about their parrot. Correct. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like, people do that with, with conversation topics all the time. Exactly. Sometimes that's leading people Leading the witness. Yeah, leading <laughs> the witness. So I'm trying to think of an encounter that I've had with someone I've looked up to that was awkward. And nothing is really coming to mind. I got two why you think. I got two why you oh, think. Oh, go, Real go. Quick. One of them was in the media, 2007. I love Bill Russell. I idolize Bill Russell. And he's on this show every day for a reason. So it's more than just basketball, uh, what I feel about him. And so Miami Heat were playing against the Dallas Mavs, and it was the whiteout summer when they first started doing that. And I was working for NBA TV and I was working for, I believe, Best Damn Sports Show still. This is before I was working at ESPN. This is my final year in the league before I joined ESPN. And uh, I was going around interviewing everybody and whatever, whatever. Because, like, the one thing about those interviews is, like, I had to do it live or it wasn't going to happen. Because, like, they didn't really cover, like, the NBA finals. They, like would talk about it, but it wasn't like lively covering it. So like if the show was on and I was at the game, they would toss to me. And so like, you see the clip of me like stopping Dwayne Wade in the hall at one time? Yep. Like that was live, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I gotta do something, I'm live. I can't just, you know what I'm saying? Let D-Wade walk by, you know what I'm saying? I gotta show that, you know, I'm breaking ground in this multimedia space. So I saw Bill Russell walk by, and on the camera, it's so funny. I was like walking towards him, and you know he has a stern look on his face already. And Always. I could tell, I could tell he kind of didn't want to be bothered because it wasn't just me; it was kind of like the cameras behind me too. So I saw his body language and I saw his face. So I was like, I, I know he got love for me, but I'm not gonna rush him like that. So I was like, you know what? I'm scared. I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> And I didn't do it. I let him keep going. I was like, all right, big fella. I was like, all right. I, I was like, all right. I was like, I, I think I said, like, what's happening, legend? <laughs> I, I got one that happened right on this show. Um, 
you know, anyone who lived in New York long enough loves hip hop. They just know Fat Joe. Fat Joe knows everybody. He's like the mayor. He's like literally well, wow. like the mayor. He was actually on that show with Bobito that I was talking about a second ago. I met him there. Love sneakers. And he came on this show and I had a homeboy named Roadblock in late 90s who was like, I'm down with Terror Squad. Like I'm one of their artists. And he worked at the Skyride with me. So then Fat Joe's in this studio right here. And I'm like, Fat Joe, you know your artist Roadblock from the 90s? He's like, nah, I don't, like, nah, I don't have an artist named Roadblock. I was like, yeah, you do, Roadblock. <laughs> oh, and remember, yeah, I was trying to convince do. him. Oh, I was trying to convince him no. about his artist like he forgot. And he got to this point where I asked him like three times. He's looking at me, he's like, bro, like, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> but I would remember That's if I had hilarious. a rapper named Roadblock. So That's we can hilarious. just move on. And I was like, all right, Fat Joe, my bad. I got and another I one for you. That's Go hilarious. Ahead. I got another. Shout out to Fat Joe. I got to get him back on the show. Love we got to get him Joe. back on the show. Love That's Fat Joe. So as a basketball player in Detroit, obviously, um, I idolized the Pistons, and they were my favorite team since birth. I'm going to their summer league game today. Everybody knows my relationship with the team. They built the palace in the early 90s, but the high school season ends February, March. So my high school team was actually the first team to win championship in that building, the palace. So Shout we were like, you. "This, yeah, this is our house. You know what, what I'm saying? What do you guys like, like, Engineers, prospectors. Shout prospectors, to the prospectors, no doubt. Prospectors won a championship, right? And so we got a chance to go to a Pistons game. Coincidentally, they were playing the Celtics. And our head coach, Perry Watson, took us to the game. And the Pistons lost. We were supposed to go into the locker room after the game. And so we saw Isaiah. You know, he wasn't really in the mood to talk, but he was like, what up? You know, Joe and uh, Vinny Johnson. And so, like, you know this. Like, we kind of just, like, moseying into the locker room after Chuck Daly got finished talking to the team, kind of like the media. But we mm -hmm. were first. Like, we were the first people to kind of bust in. And Bill Lambeer turned around, and you know I don't curse, and I love Bill Lambeer, but I want to say this for effect. He's like, get them kids out of here. <laughs> and we was like, like seriously, dog? You know what I'm saying? Like really, though? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's literally what he said. And we was like, all right. And literally what we did, we kind of hung out by the door. We, we, By the way, we were scared, just like the rest of the world was scared of the bad boys, like I was too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like that man. Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want that smoke, you know what I'm saying? They'll fight you. So you know what we did? We was like, forget him. Well, we we used the F, a different F word. Forget him. We gonna go stand by the Celtics bus and we gonna try to be nice to Larry. Forget him. Oh, oh. And so Larry walked by. He was like, Larry, Larry, Larry. And he turned around and he waved at us. He was like, yeah, yeah. Larry did? Yeah. Larry waved at us. And then that's when I saw his finger was messed up. I'm like, dog, we talked about it forever. We like, dog, you see his digit? His digit is messed up. Because Isaiah got one of those too, where it's like, it's just digit out of place, like Tory holding football. Just like one of the casualties, Kendrick mm -hmm. Perkins has one. 
this is like one of the casualties of playing in an era where we didn't get the medicine and the treatment in order to like make those injuries not be life, you know, like for a lifetime. Like right now, Jacoby. Talk to me. I shouldn't still have a plate and five screws in my hand. If I got this same injury, Steph Curry just got this same injury three years ago. And when he got the surgery, he had the plates and the screws, but now we have the technology to take them out. See, then when I did it, we didn't have the yeah. technology to take them out. And so, yeah, Bill Lambeard, I was one time when it was not so pleasant to meet one of my childhood idols. Man, that's a great one. And I'm just gonna finish the pod with, with just one brief one. I messed up the dap with Deontay Wilder. You know what I mean? I, I, I was going with the white guy thing, and he was going with the black guy thing, and then I tried to switch, and he tried to switch. No! Uh, it was, yeah, oh, man, no! it was on camera, and the whole staff of High Noon noticed and clipped it no! off and played it for me for like the next month. And then I started overthinking it. Every time we had a guest in the studio, I was like, I was like, no! man, F it, I'm gonna go with the black guy dap, man. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, go, I'm just gonna go with that. Hey, I'm just gonna hey, leave dog, with that. I gotta tell you something, dog. We already drafted you, homie, whether mm. you know it or not. Mm -mm. You already got drafted, homie. We I had the Chappelle the draft. I'm holding out. I'm holding we out. had the Chappelle draft with 10 out. years ago. We I'm already drafted Eli you, in this. I'm an Eli Manning this right now. <laughs> I'm holding out. I'm holding out. We'll be back tomorrow with another dope pod to step two. Why is that? Jalen, Anthony, we, Rose. We're not done. We're not done. Like the Blastmaster KRS one once famously said into a microphone. We are not done. Got to give the people